Oh, it's going to be a great day. We'll rise. No more troubles. No more problems. No more sickness. No more sadness. No more death. It's going to be a great day, isn't it? It's going to be good stuff. We're just waiting for Jesus Christ to come back. He came the first time. He promised he would come, and he did. Promised he's coming back, and he will. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this great hope that your story has an ending. So our story has an ending, and our stories end together with you. We thank you for that great hope. Father, now I ask that you'll teach us as we look into your word together. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, how many of you are going to watch the Super Bowl somehow tonight? Let me see. How many of you don't care at all? Eh, we're all different. Everybody's different. Eh, we all have different approaches to life. We, we go at life in different ways. We see it differently. It's okay. Cindy and I were in Branson. We were at a magic show. And the guy finished with his final illusion. And it was spectacular. And the crowd applauded. And when they got finished applauding, he stepped to the front. And he said to the audience, anybody have a question? And some brave, you know, one of those kind of guys, he yells out, how'd you do that? And the magician said, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Another guy yelled out, will you tell my mother-in-law? <laughs> not me. I was not the one who yelled it. Just saying. Wasn't me. Different approaches. Look at life differently. It's all about our approach to life. My dad left my brother and I to do some work one day, and we got messing around as usual. He came home, and it was obvious we had not done virtually anything. And my dad was not a man that took disappointment well. And he said, David, what have you been doing? Go to the oldest son first. My brother said, nothing, Dad. And he said, Bob, what have you been doing? And I said, helping David. My dad did not have a great sense of humor. It's all about approach to life. It's all about approach to life. Got your notes? Let's dive in. Much of the Christian life is about our thoughts and attitudes. Much of our Christian life is about our thoughts and attitudes, about our approach to life. That's why Peter wrote, prepare your minds for action. We have to get our brains in gear. The Christian life is a mind battle. It's about the mind. That's why Paul said, finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right and pure and lovely and admirable, if there's anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about those kind of things. Why? Because the things we think about change our lives. Both of these authors assume we can control our thoughts and attitudes. Paul wrote in another place, your attitude should be the same as Jesus Christ. That is, you can move your attitude. You can change it. You can line it up with Jesus. That's what he's saying. And it's important because life is 10% what happens. 
Life's 10% what happens to us and 90% what our attitude is about. 10% what happens to us and 90% what our attitude is about it. Or as Barbara Jensen, the best-selling author, wrote, life is 10% how we make it and 90% how we take it. Exactly. It's exactly. Now, that last statement, that's not in the Bible. It's true. But it's, but it's not in the Bible. Lots of people, lots of people have good times and they're unhappy. And lots of people have hard times and they're happy. The circumstances don't control our lives. It's our thoughts and our attitudes that control them, which leads to number two. Our attitudes and actions are created and controlled by our thoughts. Our attitudes and actions are created and controlled by our thoughts. The thoughts in our life are like the engine on the train of our life. Our thoughts either pull our life along or push our life along, but our thoughts are doing it. You can see it over and over again in the Word of God. I just put a few illustrations in here to, to show you this. You can find it everywhere in the Scriptures. Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, Am I worn out and my master is old? After I'm worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? You know the story. God said you're going to have a child a year from now. But Sarah thought that's very, very unlikely. And because of what she thought, it took her to her cynicism. She had a cynical attitude and she doubted God and he called her on it. It was her thoughts that did it. When the men of that place asked him, Abraham, about his wife, he said, she's my sister, because he was afraid to say, she's my wife. Why? Because he thought, the men of this place will kill me on account of Rebekah because she's beautiful. It was Isaac, not Abraham. She's beautiful. It was his thoughts that took him there. He feared for his life. Those thoughts drove him there. Or in 1 Samuel chapter 1, Eli thought that she, Hannah, was drunk, and he said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. He thought she had been drinking incorrectly, and so he became judgmental, critical, condemning. It was his thoughts that took him there. David thought to himself, one of these days I'll be destroyed by the hand of Saul. The best thing I can do is escape to the land of the Philistines. That's the enemies of God. Then Saul will give up searching for me in Israel, and I'll slip out of his hand. David's thoughts led him to despair. His thoughts didn't take him toward hope. They took him to despair. It's his thoughts that did it, and he ended up with God's enemies. Then she said, Delilah, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he woke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. You know the story. She kept bugging him, bugging him, until he finally told her. I can't have my hair cut. When his hair was cut, his strength left because God left. Interesting story. But Samson thought nothing had changed. And his thoughts led him to that proud position that he took. It was his thoughts that did it. Here's the truth. Negative thoughts will produce negative attitudes. Negative thoughts will produce negative attitudes. If we're sitting in this room, if we're in this room right now, and we have a negative attitude about work, it's our thoughts that have taken us there. If we have a negative attitude about school, it's our thoughts that have taken there. It's not the teacher. They can be good or bad. Lots of them are bad. Why are you pointing at me, Trisha? I wasn't talking about you. I was looking at you because you were pointing at me. 
I started in, she goes, don't go there. It was that teacher thing. <laughs> Great teachers, students have poor attitudes. Why? It's their thoughts. It's their thoughts that do it. If we have a bad attitude about our parents, about our marriage, about our spouse, it's because our thoughts have taken us there. So, how does this fit with Galatians, where we've been studying? Let me read it to you again. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from that Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Here we go, number three in your notes. Our thoughts are the seeds of our spiritual life. He's talking about planting, and it's our thoughts that we're planting. If we choose to direct our thoughts to spiritual ends, it can affect our life. So Paul wrote, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. He wrote this, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds, their thoughts and minds set on what the Spirit desires. And the question we have to ask ourselves is where are we directing our thoughts? Because our thoughts are the seeds that we're planting. The challenge for us, the challenge for us is to plant good seed thoughts. And no one can do this for us. Young people in this room, your, your parents can't plant good seed thoughts for you. If they could, they would. But they can't. You have to plant them yourselves. Adults in this room, we have to plant our own seed thoughts. We have to choose what thoughts we put into our mind and run there. So the challenge is to plant good seed thoughts. So now let's just work it out by illustration. Here we go. Number one, we, we need to plant correct thoughts about life. We, we need to plant correct thoughts about life. Remember, negative thoughts lead to negative attitudes. So positive thoughts, of course, will lead to positive attitudes. Of course they will. Here we go. Number one, thankful thoughts produce happiness. Of course they do. Just, just as easily as planting an apple tree will get you an apple tree. It, it just works naturally. Thankfulness produces Happiness. Thankful thoughts produce a happy person. Complaining won't do that. Number two, positive thoughts produce hope. Negative thoughts create despair. It'll never get any better. She'll never change. He'll always be like this. Those negative thoughts, they just create despair. It's positive thoughts that create hope. Number three, appreciative thoughts produce contentment. Appreciative thoughts produce contentment. If we're appreciative for the things we have in our life, we appreciate them. How many of you got here today in a car or a truck? Were you thankful? No, we just take them for granted. Some of us, not thankful. We don't like the car or truck we came in. We want a different car or truck. That will not produce contentment. That won't produce contentment. It's appreciative thoughts that produce contentment dissatisfied thoughts will produce discontentment. And yes, God says contentment with godliness, that's great gain. Number four, trusting thoughts produce peace. Worry won't do that. Worry produces anxiety, of course. 
It's trusting thoughts that produce peace. Encouraging thoughts produce praise, not critical thoughts. If we think critical thoughts all the time, we will not be a praising person. We, we, won't, we won't praise. If we think encouraging thoughts all the time, we're just thinking encouraging thoughts. Well, it will just naturally give a harvest of praise. Number six, gracious thoughts produce forgiveness. Of course they do. If we have gracious thoughts about somebody when they have done something to us, instead of critical, condemning thoughts, it will lead to forgiveness. We always harvest what we plant, and the planting, first of all, begins in the mind. You understand? It's very hard to sin if it doesn't start in the mind. Do we all understand that in this room? Almost every sin, and when I say almost, I would say every, but I'm sure somehow there's an exception, but almost every sin starts with a thought. Almost every single one. If we plant good seed thoughts, we'll have better lives. Number two, we need correct thoughts about work. Of course we do. You say, well, where, where do we get all these correct thoughts? Well, from the Bible, of course. Of course, we're just gleaning these from the Bible. We, we have to let the Bible reshape our thoughts so we think the right things, like about work. Number one, it's a responsibility and a blessing, both. It's a responsibility and a blessing. The Bible's very clear about that, that a job is a gift from God, and it is. It's a blessing, and we ought to see it that way. We also see, ought to see that it's a responsibility. We're all supposed to work. It's the Christian work ethic. It, it's going down in our country, but it shouldn't go down among the people of God. Christians work. Christians go to work. Christians go to work when it's cold. We had to put that in practice this last week. We, we don't just say, hey, it's too cold. Why? Because we're Christians. And Christians work. We don't just use our sick days because we have them if we're not sick. We don't do that. That's how the world thinks. We are Christians. We think differently. We go to work because it's a responsibility. We go to work. That's the Christian work ethic. It's both blessing and responsibility. Number two, we're doing it to please God. We're doing it to please and bring glory to God. It's not about the boss. Christians don't work differently whether the boss is there or not there. Christians don't. They work the same whether the boss is in the room or the boss is out of the room. That's because Christians aren't working for the boss. God talks about this clearly, clearly in Ephesians chapter 6. He says we need to do our work as if we're working for the Lord because, in fact, we are working for the Lord. It changes your attitude about work when we see it not as for the company but as for God. It's all about how we think about life. Number three, we need correct thoughts about our children. We need to plant correct thoughts about our children. You know where I'm going. I think you can probably fill them in with, without me even doing this. Here we go. Children are a gift from God. 
They're a blessing, not a burden. We have to tell ourselves that in our minds some days. Parents, isn't this true? We actually have to say in our mind, children are a blessing. My kids are a blessing. Because some days they don't seem to be blessing us. Any parents out here agree with me on this? Sometimes kids don't seem like they're blessing us, so we have to plant the right thought. Otherwise, we'll start thinking that kids are a burden. And if we think children are a burden, it makes our home a bad place. We have to think the right thought. We have to choose to put God's thoughts in our head. Number two, children are a masterpiece of God. They're a masterpiece designed by God. By the way, that's true even if you like sports and your child likes the arts. They're still a masterpiece of God. That's true even if your child likes computers and you like tractors. They're still a masterpiece of God. In fact, their differences from you are God's design. He didn't design them to be like you. He didn't design my children to be like me. He designed our children to be like Jesus. Do we see that? They're not there to be like us. They're masterpieces of God. Number three, the goal of child training is Christ-like maturity. The goal of child training is Christ-like maturity. It's not scholarships and sports. That's not the goal. I want my kid to get a good scholarship. They can go into college. That's not the goal of parenting. The goal of parenting is Christ-like maturity. That's the goal. That's what God tells us. It's about character, not careers. Careers are secondary, not primary. Number four, children need a blessing. This seems out of character in this line, and I know it, but children need a blessing. God talks about this in the Bible. If you want to read it, read that passage, Genesis 27. Don't read it right now, but... But I think it'd be good for us to read it, parents. Again, children need a blessing. Do you know what I find? I find myself talking to people who are 35, 40, 45, and they're still working desperately to get their parents' blessing. I'm talking to 40-year-old men who desperately, they desperately want to hear their dad say that he's pleased with them. Or in today's terminology, he's proud of them. They're desperately longing for it. 40 and 45-year-old women who desperately want to know that their mother loves them. That's a blessing. They need to get that from us. We need to put the right thoughts in our head. What things are important? Number four, we need correct thoughts about money and things, money and stuff. We need to plant the right thoughts in our head if we want the right attitude toward money. Like number one, money and things, they can control our hearts. They can control my heart. That's why the Bible says, where my treasure is, there will my, there will my heart be also. That's it. Think it doesn't matter where we direct our finances? Of course it matters. Of course it does. Wherever we direct them, our heart will follow. We need to have the right thoughts in our head. Like number two, they all belong to God. All the money and things, they all belong to God, not just the offerings. 
This is a mindset thing. Talk to Christians. A lot of Christians believe the 10%, the tithe, the offering, that belongs to God, and the 90% belongs to me. Wrong. wrong -o. That's not correct. It all belongs to God. All of it belongs to God. It, it matters what our mindset is toward money and things. Number three, they're temporary. It all goes back in the box. You know the game of life? Some of you played it with your kids or your grandkids. The game of life, you know, you get out, you get your little car, and you decide, you know, which direction you're going on the board, and you get to put your spouse in there and your little kids in the car, too. When you get done with the game of life, what happens to it? It all goes back in the box. When you get done with life, it all goes back in the box. It's all done. Wise person once said, everything we have, it's all going to the dump. I don't know what wise person said that, but somebody said that. I heard them say it. It's all temporary. It's all going back in the box at the end. We can't take anything with us. We have to think about this. Lest we begin to think that life is about our estate. It's not. It's about God's kingdom. That's why he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then after that, all this other stuff will be taken care of. Number four, money and stuff, it's dangerous and fleeting. It's dangerous and fleeting. So why did we put so much value on it? Want to know an interesting thing? There's about 500 people in this room and about 498 would like to win the lottery. Even if we don't play, we'd still like to win. Now, you don't have to read much. You don't have to watch much television before you find out that people who win the lottery, does it generally help their life? It actually generally destroys their life, but we'd still like to win because we'd be different, wouldn't we? You're laughing, but I'm telling the truth, aren't I? All those other people, it ruined their life. But if we won it, we would do good stuff with it. You see how it works? Even though God says money's dangerous, loving it's dangerous, we still want to win. We have to fight these battles in the mind. They're real. We have to fight them. Number five, we have to have correct thoughts about bad circumstances. Why? Because we have them. We have to have correct thoughts about bad circumstances. If you haven't had them this past week, buckle up. It's coming. You say, what do you mean, correct thoughts? Like this, number one, God's way is perfect. As for God, his way is... What's the word? Perfect. As for God, his way is... Perfect. It's perfect. It's fairly hard to put as for God his way is perfect and complaining together, isn't it? It's fairly hard. Or number two, God works everything for our good. In the end, in the end, this difficult thing that's happening to us, we're having difficult things, in the end it's going to be for our good. We just can't see it right now. But we have to tell ourselves that. We have to plant that thought in our mind. Why? Because it's the truth. 
Number three, God uses them to help us grow. These difficult things in our life, God never wastes them. God never wastes a difficult experience. Never. He'll always use them to help us grow, to help it develop character in our life. God will always use it to this end. Number six, we need correct thoughts about ourselves. I spoke about this not too long ago, so just a little reminder. Here we go. We've got to put the right thoughts in our mind about ourselves. Here we go. Number one, God is for us. God's in our corner. Turn to the person next to you and say, God's in your corner. God's in your corner. He's in your corner. He's not against you. He's for you. You say, he's always telling me things I shouldn't do. I disagree. The few things that God tells us we can't do are bad for us. God's in our corner. God is in our corner. We have to put that thought in our mind. Otherwise, we have this idea that somehow God's out to get us. He's waiting for us to screw up. No, he's not. Nope. Not God. Maybe your folks, but not God. Maybe your teacher, maybe your coach, but not God. God's not waiting for you to screw up. God's for us. Number two, I am freed from sin. Say, wow, that was a leap. I know, completely different thought. I am freed from sin. We, we have to have this thought in our mind. This happens at salvation. Yes, we sin. Quick quiz, how many of us sin? Better put two hands up. I saw a couple back there didn't raise their hand. You're liars. That's your sin. I can tell you what it is. You sin. You sin. I sin. We all sin. And here's the deal. Jesus broke the power of sin. We do sin, but not because we have to. That's all the difference in the world. Yes, we sin, but not because we have to. If you doubt this, read the verses in Romans 6. He says clearly, you are free from sin. Then he says, reckon yourselves to be free from sin. We've got to act like sin doesn't have power over us because it doesn't. Turn to your neighbor and say, sin's power is broken. Sin's power is broken. You don't have to sin. Turn to your spouse and say, you don't have to be grumpy. Why? Sin's power is broken. You don't have to be grumpy, Cindy. <laughs> Number three, I can do everything God asks of me. I can do everything God asks of me. If God says it, we can do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, we can do it. We can do it. You say, what? Anything. God never asks something of you that you cannot do. God never asks something of me that I cannot do. You say, well, he's asking me to forgive that person for that. Then you can do it. So can I. We can do it. Number four, I am a child of God. I'm in the family. We've got to think this way. My picture's on God's fridge. When he opens up his phone, my number's in the contacts. He just picks up his phone and he says, call Bob McNeil, and my phone rings. Why? I'm a child of God. Aren't you? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a child of God. 
Your picture's on God's fridge. He smiles when you wake up. We've got to put the right thoughts in our mind. I've got to end by reading you a verse. It's not in your notes. You're putting your notes away because we got to the end. I've got to read you a verse. It's in 1 Corinthians. You don't need to turn there. It's in 1 Corinthians 14, 20. And it says this, Brothers, stop thinking like children. This ceased to be as humorous. Hey, people, stop thinking like children. In regards to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. Here's the thing. We can be adults and not think like adults. You say you're not talking about the context of that verse. I'm not. I'm just talking about the principle of that verse. This battle of the mind, it's real. Somebody took a shot at Cindy this week. A verbal shot. They fired over her bow. Just true. So... She's not happy I'm using this illustration, but it doesn't matter. She's having to work with her mind. She's having to do this this week. We've been talking about it. It's all about what you think about what's going on. It's not the thing that's going on. It's our thoughts about the thing that are going on. It's all about the thoughts. You say, well, you're bringing this up because you're zinging them back. They're not here. They're not here. You know why I'm bringing this up? Because there are people in this room right now and you think, you think that you're the only one that has it like this. Everybody has it like this. Everybody. Everybody's got crud happening. Everybody. Cindy too. Everybody. Everybody has bad stuff happening. If it's not somebody being mean, it's your hours getting cut at work or the doctor giving you bad news, some bad thing's happening, and here's the deal. Christianity is all about a battle in the mind. Yes, we reap what we sow, and what we're sowing are thoughts. And if you want to fight this battle, you have to fight it in the mind. If you want to fight this battle, if you want to fight the battle of the Christian life, this battle is fought in the mind. It's not so much actions, it's thoughts. If we fight this front on the action side, we will lose. The actions, they're the fruit of the thought. It's the thoughts where the battle is fought. We have to plant good thoughts. If we have a bad attitude about work, it's because we got bad thoughts about work. If we have a bad attitude about our marriage, it's because we got bad thoughts about our marriage. If we got a bad attitude about child training, it's because we got bad thoughts about child training. If we got a bad attitude about church, it's because we got bad thoughts about church. This is life. This is life. And God said, 
Stop thinking like children. Like we could do nothing and it will just be fine. Nope. We got to go to battle in the mind. And I'm telling you, it's put on your big boy pants and get at it. Because this is real work to battle in the mind. Cinch it up. That's our job this week. Get after the battle of the mind because this is where the battle of life is fought. If we lose the battle in the mind, we lose the battle of life. By the way, this is true in the Christian life and it's true just in life in general. The battle is in the mind. I spent my whole life raising kids saying to them, Robin remembers, over and over I said to them, engage your brain. Engage your brain. Get it in gear. Why? Because this is where life is at. It's up here. Lots of adults in this room. Lots of adults. We have to think like adults. Christian life isn't handed to us. It's not handed to us. Yes, we're freed from sin by the power of Jesus Christ, but we have to fight that battle out in daily life. And that battle is fought in the mind. Come on. We're adults. We have to think. Think like adults. Stand together. Father, help us. So easy for us to revert back to thinking that's not adult-like, it's not Christ-like. Father, I pray that you will help us this week to engage our brains and, and get in the battle of the mind. Father, help us to plant the right seed thoughts that will bring us a harvest of the kinds of homes and lives that we desire and you desire. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.